<laughs> now, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel. Maybe we'll stand one more time for the reading of the word. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Chapter 21, or chapter 10, verse 21. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was taken. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore, they inquired of the Lord further, if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. I've had two or three major confirmations. This is what I'm supposed to preach today. I want to identify in the original Hebrew language that word stuff comes from the original Hebrew word baggage. Had one confirmation at conference on Friday night had another confirmation when I turned on my radio to the Christian station this morning there was a, a church program going on and they said in just a moment our pastor will be coming and speaking to us about why are you hiding from God I was like Okay, not only did I have confirmation in my spirit, but I got it from two or three other places. So somewhere in Dallas right now, there's another preacher talking about this too. All right? And so I want to talk about hiding among the stuff. Hiding among the stuff. Or we could even say hiding among the baggage. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? Ask the Lord to bless this word to our heart today. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Charles McKinley certainly surprised the delivery man in September 2023 because he shipped himself, did you get that? He shipped himself from New York City to Dallas in a wooden crate. When the crate was delivered to his parents' home, he started breaking out of the box. The crate had been carried by truck by plane, and then a delivery van. And so McKinley 
told officials that he was simply homesick and thought it would be cheaper to ship himself than to buy a ticket. So Charles McKinley from New York to Dallas went across the country hiding in the stuff. He was fined $1,500 and sentenced to 120 days of house arrest. So <laughs> you can figure it out yourself at the cost of that fine. He could have bought himself four round trip tickets to see his parents. So I came to tell somebody in the house today, it does not pay to hide in the stuff. It does not pay to get caught behind and in the middle of all the baggage. Some years ago, R&B, hip-hop, soul artist, Eric K. Baidu. It shows you I don't listen to it, but I read about it. <laughs> I'm glad y'all corrected me because now everybody knows. I didn't listen to this, but I read about it. And what, what's, what's, what's the name again? Erica Baidu. There you go. Is it a he or she? Okay, now we got that. But what's, <laughs> what struck out to me was there's a song she did, Eric Hay or whatever, <clears throat> called Bag Lady. Y'all ain't heard that. <laughs> Bag Lady. You gonna hurt your back. Drag it on them bags like that. I guess nobody ever told you all you must hold on to is you, is you, is you. One day all them bags gonna get in your way. One day all them bags gonna get in your way. I said one day all them bags gonna get in your way. One day, all them bags going to get in your way. Gone get in your way. So pack light, bag lady. You going to miss your bus. You can't hurry up because you got too much stuff. When they see you coming, brothers take off running from you. It's true. Oh, yes, they do. So pack light, girl. I know sometimes it's hard and we can't let go. And when someone hurts you, oh, so bad inside, you can't deny it. You can't stop crying. If you start breathing, then you won't believe it. You'll feel so much better, bag lady. Let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Where's a bass player? No. Where's Jackson? Jackson. 
So, though it didn't hit the top music charge of Christian music, it sure had a good message. <laughs> In other words, it's hard to move forward when you're laid down, weighed down, got baggage everywhere, and you're hiding right in the middle of it. I also read the story about a 14-year-old homeless boy who hid himself away in the landing gear of a passenger jet and survived a 430-mile flight across southwest China in November of 2004. A friend riding with him fell from the plane and died during the long hour flight, which reached an altitude of about 23,000 feet. He was hiding in the landing gear of that passenger jet, and he made it to his destination somehow. But I want to tell you, if you're hiding in a place like that today, it can be dangerous. It can be bizarre. Why don't you just come out from amongst the stuff? Come out from amongst the baggage. Come out from where you've been hiding. Because I'm telling somebody in this house today, God's got a call on your life. God knows where you're at right now. But all he can tell everybody is, I'm not exactly sure why they're not coming out. I just know where they're at and they're hiding in the stuff. I know the call. I know the anointing that I put on their life. But they're hiding in the stuff. I was going to preach a run the aisle message today and God wouldn't let me. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the revival we are about to see means everybody, and I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, and you, and you, everybody, for us to see that kind of revival has got to come out of that hole. you got to come out from amongst the baggage that has kept you from pursuing the divine purpose and anointing that God has placed on your life. Even through the laying on of hands, there are some of you that have been prophesied over. There are some of you that people have laid hands on you and spoke into your life, and you're still hiding in the stuff. You say, Brother Green, you don't usually get on us like that. I feel like getting on you. Praise God. I'm not mad. I'm concerned. Because there is talent oozing in this place. There is anointing that has filled people's life. There are amazing things that are yet to come out of your ministry and out of your life. And you're still hiding in the stuff. This uh, story that we read, the text that we read, the, the short excerpt from the Word of God today, it finds the first appointed king of Israel. It's a pretty important position, pretty important 
thing for a nation and for a world. He has been appointed king of Israel and here he is stowing himself away in order not to be discovered and he's literally hiding from the destiny that God had already prepared him for. You know, I can think about many in the Bible. Adam and Eve hid themselves. Jonah ran and hid himself on a ship. How did that turn out for him? <laughs> Do you think God had great things in store for their life before they ever went and done that? <laughs> Praise God. They needed that Erica to come and talk to them, rap to them, do something to get them out of that hiding situation. The tall and handsome Saul, he's hiding in the luggage stored at a national convention meeting at Gilgal. You got to understand, the prophet Samuel called this meeting. He called all of Israel by the tribes to come and together at Gilgal. And here he was going to make the great announcement of the new king of Israel. What an exciting time as the multitudes gathered around for this introduction and when it comes time for the introduction when it comes time for this newly anointed king to step on the scene where is he so God is saying to somebody today where are you yeah he knows but why are you there you've been anointed I've got a purpose I've got a plan. You already know it. Why are you hiding in the luggage? Why are you hiding in the baggage? Have y'all ever been on a tour or something and you get into the hotel room where you're going to stay and the whole lobby is filled with baggage? You know, they've unloaded it all, and there's, there's hundreds of bags and some big ones and some little ones and, and some rollable ones and some carry-on, and, 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 and there it is, just an entire lobby filled with baggage. And that's kind of the way it was, if you can see that this convocation had been called. Huh? This convention, and all the people, and all their stuff, it must have been... Just stored everywhere. And haul. I can't hide behind these new monitors like I could them bigger ones. Paul is like. That worked just about like an ostrich hiding. He thinks that he's hidden from everything. Got his head in the sand. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Everybody around that ostrich sees how ridiculous he looks, kind of like I did right there. Kind of like Saul did in the sight of God. 
Saul, come out from amongst the stuff. Israel had been serving under the authority of the Almighty himself. God had given them great judges to lead them. And Samuel was getting old, and in, the, in their discouragement, all the elders of Israel gathered themselves, uh, themselves together and came to Samuel in Ramah, and they said unto him, Behold, thou art old. I hope nobody ever comes up to me and says that. And thy sons not, walk not in thy ways. Oh, they better never say that, Britain. Hallelujah. Uh, and so they said, hey, we need you to make us a king to judge us like all the other nations. If you want to be like all the other nations, I can tell you, you're just going to get what all the other nations get. And so the Lord reproved them for having rejected him as the king. He was the king that was leading them. But God allowed them to choose a king. And it seems that Samuel wanted them to know when he said, where is he? Talking about Saul. It seems Samuel wanted the people of Israel gathered there to know how insignificant an arm of flesh is compared to serving the Lord and having him as the king and the Lord of your life. You've chose to have a king, Israel. You've chose to be like the other nations, Israel. But now, this one that has been chosen... And God allowed it to happen. Where is he? Wouldn't you be better off just letting God lead you? Letting him part the Red Sea? Letting him bring the plagues on Egypt? Letting him provide the cloud by day and the fire by night? Letting him bring water out of the rock? Letting him give you manna from heaven that cannot spoil? Can't you see You've asked for a king, and now he's hiding in the stuff. The Lord told them, I am the one who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, delivered you out of the hands of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all the kingdoms, and of them that oppressed you. But now where is this king that you have preferred? So then it says in 1 Samuel 10, Therefore they inquired of the Lord further if the man should come. Talking about Saul. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. This word among in the Hebrew language denotes a leaning towards. And the word stuff implies things that are touchable, such as any earthly possession. Not only baggage, but it could be if you're relying on weapons, if you're relying on money, if you're relying on anything, that's stuff. 
And Brother Sam, that's not bigger than you. Huh? So God cannot get glory in it. God wants to show up and show out. Hallelujah. God wants to be the king of your life. God wants to be the king of this church. And by the grace of God, that's all he's ever going to be. We got to let him direct. But notice what the people of Israel saw in the new king. They wasn't thinking spiritual things. They were looking on the outward appearance. First Samuel 10, 23 and 24, it said, they ran and fetched him thence. Kind of reminds me of a monk in a temple and a god falls over and he has to go pick him back up. That ain't the kind of God we serve. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our king, we don't have to go find him hiding amongst some baggage back there and go fetch him and bring him out so he can order our steps, put taxes on us, take our family because we're in debt, take all of our riches to himself and his family. Why do you want to go amongst the stuff and fetch out somebody like that? <laughs> but hey, they ran and fetched him. And it said when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders upward. Oh, yes. Saul was very impressive in the flesh. And Samuel, this is what he did. He said to the people, see you him? Whom the Lord hath chosen, there's none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted and said, God save the king. Their focus was on a man. Now granted, God did choose Saul. God did have a purpose in his life from the beginning. God did put an anointing upon him. And Saul had an important role to play in the nation of Israel. He did come out of the stuff for a little while. But read the story of Saul's life. He got tangled back in the stuff again. Everything went south in his kingship. He never really fulfilled the purpose that God had called him to fulfill. And I hate to say, but there are dear men and women of God that have went on to meet their reward that never really accomplished what God had called them for, what God had anointed them for, the purpose that he had placed in them from the time that they were in their mother's womb. They went on. They'd done some good things. They'd done a few great things, but they never really accomplished all that God had anointed them to do and I'm crying out to somebody today you got to do all that he said to do hallelujah it will be amazing in your life 
It will be amazing in this church. It will be amazing in this city. It will be amazing in North Texas. And fingers will reach out into the world from the things you do when you step out completely from among the stuff. Am I in trouble yet? For Samuel 10, 6, 7 said, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. I love that. Let me tell you what, when the Spirit of the Lord comes fully upon you and when you step out from amongst the stuff, he said, hallelujah, the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you and you're going to prophesy with them. You're going to be right in the heavenly mix. And then it said, you're going to be turned into another man. Behold, if any man be in Christ. He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, Saul may have had a better excuse than we do because we have the Holy Ghost. We are led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Amen. Now, I'll give you a quick English lesson. If we are not led by the Spirit of God, then just maybe we're not the sons of God. Does that make sense? Am I out of context? I'm pleading with somebody to step out of the stuff, step out of the baggage, and be led by the Spirit of God like you have never been before in your life. And you will see things begin to open up. You will see doors swing open. You will see anointing flow. Hallelujah. You will see miracles. You will see signs. You will see wonders. Saul had been chosen, anointed, and empowered to fill his calling. But he found himself completely surrounded by baggage. Hebrews 12, 1, we're foreseeing. Can we pull that one up there? Hebrews 12, 1. Uh-huh. We're foreseeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. <laughs> Let us lay aside every weight and the sin with dust so easily beset us and let us run. Somebody say run. You can't run hiding in the baggage. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. 
I believe that while Saul was hiding in that baggage, in that stuff, in his little hole over there behind the biggest bag, God was probably speaking in his heart just about like this and said, hey, you need to get out and run. <laughs> you need to get out and serve. My anointing, my purpose is all on you. Run the race that is set before you, Paul, or Saul. Run the race that is set before you. How many here have ever heard of Billy Graham? Half of you? How many here have heard of Billy Graham? Okay, now every single hand's up. Except the kids that are, you know, five and under maybe. <clears throat> How many here have heard of uh, Chuck Templeton? Josh has heard of him, and Britton has heard of him, and Nada has heard of him, okay? How many has heard of Braun Clifford? Nobody's heard of him. So, an excerpt from Stephen Farrer's book, Finishing Strong, Going the Distance with, with Your Family, or for your family, he said, Billy Graham wasn't the only young preacher packing auditoriums in 1945. Chuck Templeton and Bron Clifford were accomplishing the same thing and even more. All three young men were in their mid-twenties. One seminary president, president, after hearing Chuck Templeton preach one evening, said to an audience of thousands, he called him the most gifted and talented young man in America today for preaching. So Templeton and Graham, Billy Graham, they were friends. Both ministered with Youth for Christ. Both were extraordinary preachers. Yet in those early years, most observers would probably have identified Templeton as the brightest preaching prospect. You with me? As a matter of fact, in 1946, the National Association of Evangelicals published an article on men who were best used of God. In that organization's five-year existence, the article highlighted the ministry of Chuck Templeton and Billy Graham was never mentioned. Bron Clifford was yet another gifted 25-year-old fireball. In 1945, many believed Clifford to be the most gifted and powerful preacher the church had seen in centuries. 
In that same year, Clifford preached to an auditorium of thousands upon thousands in Miami, Florida. People lined up 10 and 12 deep outside the auditorium just trying to get in. In 1945, all three of these preachers, Clifford, Templeton, and Graham, came shooting out of the starting blocks like rockets. Somebody with me? You've heard of Billy Graham. So how come many of you, most of you, have never heard of Chuck Templeton. And none of you have heard of Braun Clifford. They said the greatest in their five-year history on the planet for centuries. Well, it's because just five years later, Chuck Templeton left the ministry to pursue, pursue a career as a radio and television commentator and a newspaper columnist. Templeton had decided he was no longer a believer in Christ in the orthodox sense of the term. And by 1950, he no, no longer believed in the validity of any of the claims of Jesus Christ. Greatest preacher that ever was. Paul said, I died daily lest after I have preached to others, I myself might become a castaway. Does that mean you didn't have a purpose? No, it means you just didn't fulfill it. It may mean you hid in the stuff too long, or when you came out of the stuff, you didn't keep running the race with patience. What about Clifford? Ron Clifford, by 1954, Clifford had lost his family lost his ministry, he lost his health, and then he lost his life. Alcohol and financial irresponsibility had done him in. He ended up leaving his wife and their two Down syndrome children at just 35 years of age. This once great preacher died from cirrhosis of the liver in a rundown motel on the edge of Amarillo. His last job was selling used cars in the panhandle of Texas. When Billy Graham wasn't even mentioned, these other two were. They ran so far and above him. They all started out the same, but the key was consistency. The key was not getting back into the baggage. 
the key was not going back into hiding or giving up altogether. Hallelujah. I want to tell somebody there's still hope for you. There's still a chance. And God wants to get it in your spirit today. If you'll just come out from amongst the stuff. Would you stand with me? If you'll just come out from amongst the stuff. Hallelujah. God is going to use you greater than he's ever used you before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm reminded of this, this quick story of somebody who did come out of their hole. <laughs> Somebody who did come out of hiding. Somebody who did come out of the stuff when everybody else was shaken with fear and trembling at the power of the enemy. How many know the story of Jonathan, the son of Saul? Uh-huh. He learned from his daddy, it's not the way I want to end up. I, I'm not going to find myself going to visit some median. I'm not going to find myself going to consult with the witch of Endor. I'm not, I know where I came from. Yes, Brother Rogers, Jonathan said, Jonathan said, I know where I'm going. I'm willing to take my chances with the king of heaven. And Jonathan told his armor bearer, just two of them, he said, these uncircumcised Philistines have ruled us too long. They've put us in fear too long. And you got Saul and the army of 600. He's already lost down from 3,000 to 600. They're over there trembling under a juniper tree. But Jonathan said, why don't we just go discover ourselves unto those uncircumcised Philistines? And we're going to go stand at the bottom of the mountain. And if they say, y'all stay there, we're going to come down to you. He said, we're going to stand right there until they come down. And he said, if they call us to come up, we're going to go up. You know what he was saying? There was no out. Come on. Read the story. Just me and my armor bearer. Me and my servant. And you got to understand, there was only one sword. So the Philistines, they said... Come up here and we'll show you a thing. Jonathan said, music to my ears. That means the Lord. It doesn't matter whether it's by many or whether it's by few. Armor bearer, let's go up that mountain. And it said it was hand upon hand. I can just literally pitching the armor bearer cupping his hands and Jonathan would step in that and he'd push himself further up that great incline. And then Jonathan wasn't too good to cup his hands. There ain't nobody. There ain't no big eyes and little U's in this thing. Come on. Jonathan would cup his hands and, and, and the armor bearer, his servant, would dirty the hands of his Lord and go up the mountain. 
praise God. And when they got to the place where it was just a half an acre of land, there was a multitude of soldiers up there. Jonathan waded in with the sword. And the armor bearer done all the cleanup. <laughs> Hallelujah. Until the army fled and ran. Because somebody... You remember another part of that story? I was going to read it all, but we ain't got time. The Philistines mocked them from that hill they were on. And they said, oh, looky here. The little Hebrews have come out of their holes. They've come out of their hiding. Yeah, come on up here. We'll show you a thing. You see what can happen when you come out from amongst the stuff? When you come out from that place you've been hiding? When you get out of that hole and you work together? Nothing shall be impossible. Let's come pray. Oh, hallelujah. Would, would somebody say, I'm coming out today? I'm coming out today. <laughs> yeah, I know I've only been hiding behind a couple of small <laughs> pieces of baggage, but I'm still coming out. And there's somebody here, man, you're in the back of the room behind the biggest baggage that you could find. You come out too. Hallelujah. Come out swinging. Come out trusting God. Come out because the potential in you, God, is going to use like you never dreamed as we have revival in this place. Hallelujah. Somebody tell the Lord you want that right now. Somebody tell the Lord you want to be led by the Spirit. Somebody tell the Lord you want your anointing to show. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray with somebody next to you. Just like Jonathan and his servant, pray one for another. Go up together because one can set a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand to flight.